Welcome to the Catch the Fire Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us, and we hope you're encouraged by this message. Thank you, Pastor Day. Awesome. You guys can be seated. We're going to get straight in this morning. What a great full morning. Awesome. So good. So it is my joy this morning to start our sermon series for the next month, which is House of His Presence. Awesome. So the title of my message is A House of His Presence. And our heart, Aaron and I's heart behind this sermon series and why we really wanted to dive into this is we want to be a church, a people who fill this church. You guys know that the church is not this building, right? The church is each and every one of us that make up this beautiful body of believers together. Like, look around. How beautiful is this body? And this is just one service of us. But we are the church, and we want this place, this church, to be a church that is after the presence of God. Amen? And we might do some things a little differently than maybe what you're used to or maybe a church that you've been to in the past, but we are unashamedly going after the presence of God, and we want to say, come along, (laughs) come along the journey and the ride because it's wild and it's fun and it's crazy, but God meets us in powerful ways. And so um, in this series, we're going to dive into the biblical foundations of what it means to be a house of his presence. And uh, we're going to look at the significance of prayer, of worship, of, um, of scripture and authentic community as we go throughout the next couple of weeks. So today is really a foundational, the building blocks of what we're going to build on over the next um, couple of weeks. And I'm just really excited to kick that off. So I want to encourage you that every week, come. Come and gather. Come and gather together. Don't, don't, you know, I mean, we can watch online. It's great, but there's something about being together in the presence of God, worshiping together that really encourages, stirs up your faith, stirs up your spirit. And, um, come with expectant hearts over the next couple of weeks. Okay. Just be open to God. Be open to his presence. And I really want to encourage us as well to, to be bold and invite people along. Okay, because I feel like it, there's nothing more important than the presence of God. And maybe there's people in your life where you're like, I know that they need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. I know that they need a fresh baptism. And so just be bold in that. I, I know personally, sometimes it can feel like nerve wracking. You're like, I'm going to invite them and they're going to do a fire tunnel. They do that like once a year and it's going to be the one week and people, you know what I'm saying, right? Uh, or there's like, Oh, it always happens. We used to joke. There was, um, my sisters and I, there was always someone way back in the day who would come as a guest and, and he was just wild and radical. And it would always be the one day we would invite our friends and be like, church is just weird today. It just is what it is. But, um, (laughs) Hey, it's a good weird, but invite people, invite them. If there's people, you know, that are longing or hungry for more of God, bring them, bring them. Don't be ashamed of it. Just invite people to come as well, because I feel like this series is going to be, it's just, it's going to be awesome. Okay. So why, why this series? Why a house of his presence? Well, we believe that our faith is not merely meant to just be religious traditions or rituals, but really it's a vibrant living relationship with our creator. All right. Amen. And 
at Bloom last weekend at our women's conference, I preached on created for connection. And as I was diving into the scripture, you know, I was finding that God, before he created anything, before he was our creator, before he was our king, which all of those things are contingent upon the fact that he created something before any of that, he was love. He is love. And what that means is before creation, God was in love, community, and unity with himself in the Trinity. God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so at the very essence of who God is, is he is love. He is love and he is longing for connection and relationship with each one of us, which is why he created us. Because he was fully satisfied in himself in that love that he had flowing between the Trinity. But he wanted more. So he created us for connection. And so the reason why we're going after the presence of God is because his presence is what deep in our souls, we have this deep longing that has been put inside of us by our creator when he created us for connection with him, for relationship with him. Turn to someone and say, you were created for relationship with God. And we're not meant to just have a superficial faith, a surface level faith where the only time that we connect with God is right here in this hour and a half service. That's not what we were created for. We were created for connection every day, all the time, community and unity with communion and union with the living God. That's why God created the garden for us, for humanity. Before sin came into the world, we were meant to live and dwell with God in person, in the flesh. And then as you know the story, sin entered the world, separation came where God said, I have to separate myself from man because I do not want them to stay in this garden and eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and then be stuck for all of eternity in that place So he sent his son, Jesus, his redemption plan for humanity to come to die on a cross for us, to live the perfect life that we could not live. And when we died with him, just like how in the baptismal pool, I love it. It's we are going down into death with him, into burial with Jesus, but into resurrection with him as well. And now we are seated in heavenly places beside Jesus who sits at the right hand of the father. And that is where we're meant to be. That's the kind of relationship that we're meant to have. We're meant to have revelation about that kind of relationship. And it's not just for an hour and a half once a week. It's the best relationship you'll ever experience and encounter. And it deserves way more time and attention than that. When I think about my marriage, my relationship with Aaron, if we just hung out once a week for an hour and a half, we'd have a very shallow relationship. Very shallow. And if we just spectated and sat and watched a movie, we'd have even less of a relationship. But it's about entering into his presence daily in all things that we do. That's why we're doing this series because we want to, we want to explore what does that mean to be a people of his presence? What does it mean to be a house of his presence? We want to create an environment here on a Sunday morning or within our church where God's presence, it's not just merely a Sunday experience and he's not just a guest showing up in our Sunday worship moment, worship encounter, but it's the foundational, it's the foundational piece of our entire existence. 
is our relationship with him. Amen. So hear my heart as I go into this next part, but there's many of us, well, there's actually, there's many different types of churches across this planet and you can find a smorgasbord. Did I say that right? Smorgasbord (laughs) of all different denominations, all different expressions of churches, even right here, probably within a five mile radius of here in the Bible belt. Okay. And there's a lot of churches where truly the presence of God is there and is in their midst. And then there's also a lot of churches where he might not be there. (laughs) And those types of churches, you know, it's like on the outside, it may look like a put together church or even a beautiful ornate building, but that's not what constitutes the presence of God is there. It might look like singing songs to him, but unless we're encountering him in those moments, unless we're pouring our hearts out to him in worship, it's just sing along karaoke. And that can happen right here too. And (laughs) the preaching and teaching might focus more on human wisdom and self-help than being rooted in biblical foundations. And, you know, sometimes we want unity and we want community, but it can look like cliques and it can look like just surface level shallow relationship. But true unity is where back in the garden, Adam and Eve were naked. And I'm not saying, please do not come naked next week. Please. We will escort you off the premises and get you a robe from the lost and found. But yeah, but Adam and Eve in the garden, they were naked, but they didn't know they were naked. And what I mean by nakedness is when you are in true, perfect community, you don't realize you are naked because you're vulnerable with that person in a place of vulnerability, but you are in a place of so much safety. That's the kind of community I'm talking about where you can be quote naked, but feel completely safe. There may be spiritual dryness or a lack of spiritual growth, but when the presence of God is there, he brings streams in the desert, right? He is water to our soul. You know the presence of God is there because you don't leave dry. You don't leave empty. No, Jesus, when he, when he meets the Samaritan woman at the well, he says, you'll never thirst again when you drink from the living water, right? You know the presence of God is there moving when there's genuine worship and encounter. There's miracles, signs, and wonders. There's people leaving different than when they came in. They're being refreshed in their souls and their spirit. They're encountering the living God. And that's not what any of us can do up here on the microphone. We can say all the right things. We can do all the right things. We can have a series, we can do, you know, have the cameras, get capturing it for our live stream, all of these things, but none of it matters if God doesn't show up. None of it matters if you leave the same way you came in. None of it matters if you go home and you're angry again and you're hateful and you're depressed. You didn't get a fresh touch from God. You just attended a service. Without the presence of God being valued 
and sought after, the church just becomes a gathering of individuals rather than a vibrant, transformative community. And so as we explore this, I want you to keep that in mind that you are part of this body. You are a person who makes up this house. And in order for, be, for it to be a house of his presence, we have to be a people of his presence. Because we can put on all of the programs and the service, but unless we're going after God individually, it doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. Turn with me to Exodus 33, verse 15. Then Moses said to him, God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? See, the Israelites were liberated from slavery in Egypt, and they're wandering around in the desert. And Moses, he goes up onto the mountain to receive revelation from God and write out the Ten Commandments. And as he's doing that, the people, the Israelites, are down at the bottom worshiping a golden calf and idols. And Mo- and God is so angered by this that he threatens and he says to Moses that he's going to withdraw his presence from them. And in Exodus 33, if we go back to verse 12, Moses, he's deeply concerned with the consequences of what this might mean if God actually doesn't go with them. And so he pleads with God saying, you have said, I know you by name and you have found also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. See, the presence of God was not only essential for their physical and spiritual guidance, but the presence of God is what sets them apart as a people among the nations that they are amongst. See, before they can, between Egypt and the promised land, there's all of these people groups that they come up against, right? The Israelites, that they fight, that they war against. And Moses is so concerned that if the presence of God is not with them, how will they be able to find favor and defeat these enemies and go against them if God is not with them? The presence of God sets you apart among the place that you're in. See, as believers, we're not meant to look like the world. Okay, that's a, we've said that before, but I truly mean it. We are not meant to look like the world. The world's culture is not our culture. Our culture is kingdom culture. Even the politics that we've set up, there's no party that aligns with the kingdom of God completely. We are not meant to look like the world. This uh, Instagram influencer that I've been following for years, she's got like 1.4 million followers. She is a believer and she posted last night on her stories that she had watched the movie Nefarious. I don't know if anyone has seen that movie. And she was so moved by this movie that she's on her stories talking to probably hundreds of thousands of people saying, 
I've had a childlike faith my whole life that was so pure. And the more worldly accolades that I've gotten, the more businesses that are, have become successful. She has a business that's now an Ulta makeup store or whatever. She said, the more that uh, I've been put in this position, the more tempting and the more I've drifted, I've noticed myself drifting away from my childlike faith, not from God, but faith and moving to culture to move like my heart and to kind of, it's persuaded my thoughts and who I think I am. But this movie has so moved me that I got down on my knees and I started crying out to God saying, God, restore the childlike faith in my heart. I'm not meant to look like the world. I'm not meant to look to the world for answers. And this is what Moses is talking about. This, this scripture is not just for Moses and the Israelites. It's for us. It's for us to say, God, I don't want to go to work tomorrow if your presence doesn't go with me. Because when your presence goes with me, you give me physical and spiritual guidance, but you also set me apart in my workplace. And I'm not meant to look like the rest of the people. I'm not meant to fit in. God, I need your presence because I'm supposed to look different. Verse 14 says, my presence will go with you. God reassures them, says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Raise your hand if you need rest for your soul. If there's a weary person in here, the presence of God goes with us and gives us rest for our soul. In his presence, we can find rest. We can find uh, reassurance. We can find guidance. We can find favor. And he speaks an assurance of our identity over us. See, God, he speaks his, his identity over the people of Israel as he goes with them. And his favor goes with them. His blessing goes with them. That's what is found in the presence of God. If you're questioning your identity, what you're supposed to be doing with your life, who you are in or your relationship, um, maybe even your sexuality, if you're questioning your answers can be found in the presence of God because he speaks his identity over you and says, you are my people. You are my son. You are my daughter. Amen. The presence of God is not an optional addition to our lives. It's essential. It's essential. And it's what distinguishes us from the world and sets us apart as a chosen people. We are called to seek his presence, prioritizing it above all else. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, our desire to seek after his presence should take precedence and priority over everything else. It's not bad to want a promotion. It's not bad to want all the different degrees that you want. All of those things are good and they're God-given and God has given you those desires in your heart. But the first thing that we are supposed to seek is him and his presence, right? It's what, it's what we're allowing to take priority first that matters the most. And there's a danger for us in our misplaced priorities and distractions because the good always robs us of the great. And our relationships, our marriages, our children, our hobbies, our, all the extracurriculars, all of those things, like I said, inherently good, can rob us of 
that relationship with God, when we make them our idol, when we make them the first thing we think about in the morning, when we make them the center of our lives instead of him. And I'm preaching to myself up here, just so you know. Because <laughs> it's so easy when you're a busy parent or whatever for that to get in the way. I remember when I first had my son Jude, he w- he's six and a half now, what I would give to just, you know, have one baby for one day. Now I would think it was so easy after four, but in the moment I have this two week old and I was super young and I'm there and I'm like, my dad comes over and <laughs> I probably look super disheveled or something. And I'm crying to him. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. He won't sleep. Like every 30 minutes he wakes up and I'm so tired and I don't have time to shower, let alone spend time with God. How am I supposed to spend time with God? And I was youth pastoring at the time and I was just, I was at the end of myself. And my season of hours alone with the Lord was not there anymore. It looked different. And I want to release you and encourage you that you may be in that season too, okay? You're not always going to have time to spend hours a day with God, but it's finding him in the everyday moments, right? Because what my dad said to me in that moment is he said, find God when you look in Jude's eyes. Find God when you look up at the trees in the, find God when you look at the sunset. It's finding him in worship and everything that we do. Seeking his presence can look like a lot of different things. Now, Aaron and I, with our kids, when we see a beautiful sunset, we make this huge deal out of it because we're like, we got to teach our kids gratitude that they can find God in all things. So we're like, oh my gosh, guys, look at that beautiful sunset that God made for us tonight. How gorgeous is that? And they're like, oh my gosh. Now they've started, you know, our daughter will be like, mom, look at the sunset. And it's this huge deal because it's finding God in the midst of everything, in his beautiful creation. When you look at your children. That's what it means to seek his presence daily. Psalm 63, one says, you God are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land when there is, where there is no water. Our souls are thirsting for God. Are we going to fill it? <laughs> are we going to fill it? It's an invitation for us to be filled. We have to daily fill our cup because it's sometimes bone dry and we need just a top up of his presence. We need refreshing to our souls, our dry and weary souls. The power of the presence of God is transformative. That's how you know God is in your midst. That's how you know you're in a place where his presence is cultivated and celebrated because there's transformation that happens. Second Corinthians 3:18 says, "And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit." Guys, we are being transformed into the likeness of Christ. When you come out of the presence of God, you look different. You look more like him, right? Moses' face was shining when he came out of the presence of God. Has that ever been your prayer? God, make, I know Duncan prays that, God, make me shiny. Make my face shine with your presence. Because we're being transformed into his image and into his likeness. See, the addiction that you've been struggling with, 
Do you believe that just one moment in his presence can set you free? Do you believe that truly? Do you have faith for that? Because it can. One moment with him can set you free. One moment with him can bring healing to your body. Because he promises transformation in his presence. He promises a, uh, our minds will be renewed. Our souls will be refreshed. And we'll be transformed into looking more and more like Jesus. On Monday mornings, we have our staff meetings here. And we always start with prayer or worship. And then we do shout outs and testimonies. And last week... I felt like I was, the room was electric, okay? Because there's something incredible about the power of testimony. It makes you be like, I'm going to grab that on for my life. That's incredible. My faith is stirred up, all right? So I'm going to share with you guys some of those testimonies. Does that sound good? So there's a woman who's part of our church, and earlier this year she was diagnosed, at the time she was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer, and um, after her, anyways... It went down to stage three, thank goodness. But it was very, very serious where the doctors said, you have inoperable tumors, there's nothing we can do, essentially. And so she got second, third opinions. I really want her to one day share this part of the story. So I'm going to skip to the part that I'm going to talk about. But in April, she ended up having a full hysterectomy. And they were able to remove all of the tumors, thank goodness. Um, But... Yes, that is incredible. But in 2001, she had an ectopic pregnancy where the fertilized embryo was implanted in her fallopian tube. And so her fallopian tube ruptured and they had to remove it. And they said to her, you, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to get pregnant on your own. And so she leaves from that diagnosis and it, it's her ovulation time, and she feels an, her egg drop on the side that her fallopian tube was removed. I've never felt this, ladies, but apparently you can feel that part. Some, I have had friends who say the same thing, so there we go. That would have freaked me out. That's why God didn't do it for me. Um, so she ends up getting pregnant with her son. And then a few years later, she gets pregnant with her second son. Okay, so this is back in 2001 at UNC. She has all of her health papers, scans to prove it. So back in April, as she's having her now full hysterectomy to remove all of the tumors that have taken over her female reproductive system, the doctors removed two fallopian tubes. Two fallopian tubes, okay? That means somewhere along the way, God gave her a creative miracle. Which is absolutely incredible. (laughs) Only God, right? Only God. So last week, she tells me this here on the front row. And I grab Duncan. I'm like, listen to this story. And I'm like, ah, freaking out. And he says to her, you know, God has now revealed this to you now. That miracle, that miracle may have happened years and years ago, but she found out now because God wants to stir her faith right now that God is going to heal her of her, of her ovarian cancer in full because he reserves things for now to stir up your faith for now for what he's going to do. 
And so you are here now in this room listening to this testimony and you might have healing in your body that you need. And God wanted you here right now for your faith to be stirred, for God to heal you and your body. Another story, there's a young man who serves on our camera team. Um, he joined our church probably about a year ago, had not really been to church, didn't, doesn't really know much about God, but here he is serving almost every week on the cameras, listening to two services, <laughs> getting a fast track onto his walk with, with God. And our amazing camera team led by Justin Clark, I don't know where he is. He's probably back there. Um, and several others, David Green, who's also back there. Wave, David. They've been loving on him, discipling him. And that's just a plug for your teams. If you want to find community here in this church, join a group, join a team. I promise you, you'll find community and discipleship. Um, but <laughs> he comes through the fire tunnel a couple weeks ago on Pentecost And gets absolutely hit by God. And he was so hungry for more of God that he's over at David and Kenya's house. And he's asking all of these questions. And I love what Kenya says. She says, go home and read the book of Acts. (laughs) And so he goes home and he tries, he opens his Bible to read the book of Acts and he falls asleep. Okay. His Bible falls on the floor. And when he wakes up. He reaches down to his Bible and it's open to the book of Acts. And he's like, okay. So he starts reading this Bible and he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. He starts speaking in tongues. Okay. Baptizing the Holy Spirit. And he was serving um, at Bloom all weekend long for free, right? He's there serving for the entire weekend. And our, our event coordinator, she goes up to him and she says, thank you so much for just serving and being here. And he says, this church has changed my life. I've never encountered God like I have before or people that have loved me. This is why we do this, guys. This is why, for the transformative presence of God. We're not just here to receive for ourselves, but we're making room for God to encounter people, for them to be transformed. Shannon Merrill right here, amazing Shannon. He got healed last week in worship. 10 years of shoulder pain, 10 years, just spontaneously in worship. Come on. He's raising that arm. This is what a house of his presence looks like. It looks like transformation. It looks like God showing up and doing what he does best. It's not what I can do on the microphone. It's not what the band can do. It's none of that. It's what God can do and only him. Amen. Come on. (laughs) The presence empowers us empowers us for service. Acts 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The presence of God equips you with the Holy Spirit and empowers us to impact our communities and the people around us. You're not meant to keep it to yourself, guys. That's why we have testimony. Raise your hand if God has, if God saved you, set you free, and you have a testimony and a story. Raise your hand. Look around the room. Look around the room. Come on. Yeah, you can give a shout for that or clap for that. Come on. But we're not meant to keep it to ourselves, guys. We're meant to tell our neighbors. We're meant to go sit at our child's soccer game week after week after week. But tell them about the presence of God and what he is doing. 
We're meant to be his witnesses, but it's the presence of God that empowers us to do that. Come on. So if we are people that make up a house, what does a presence person or presence people look like? Presence people prioritize and cultivate a deep relationship with God. They understand the significance of God's presence and seek to live in constant awareness of his nearness. They reflect a genuine connection with God, impacting both their personal walk with him and the world around them. Presence people, number one, they have intimacy with God. They prioritize it above all else. Number two, they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You may see people even in here who like, whoa, jerk a little bit, or speak in tongues, or shout, or like Miss Kim back there, what? Okay? They're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, just like how when my kids come up and whisper in my ear, I'm like, ah, so ticklish, get away from me, ah! Because I'm sensitive to that. But when we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we're open to him. We're open to him touching us. We're open to him speaking to us and his guidance. Presence people have a lifestyle of worship. They offer every aspect of their life worship to God. Jen Johnson, who her and her husband founded Bethel Music, she was going to lead worship at a conference, and she had young kids at the time. She rushed out the door, had gotten them dinner, sat with the babysitter. This is so relatable. Rushes into the car and she's like, oh, all right. Mommy hat off, worship hat on. And her loving father-in-law, Bill Johnson, is driving her. And he turns to her and he says, see, the problem is, is you never should have taken your worship hat off. We are never meant to take our worship hat off. We are to prioritize worship with God and cultivate a lifestyle of worship to him and seek to honor him in everything that we do. Did you know that you can honor him while you're giving your presentation at work? You honor him when you're standing up there in front of a room full of students teaching. You honor him when you're waking up at five in the morning changing a dirty diaper like I was doing last week before I spoke. You honor him in everything that you do. Presence people depend on God's strength. They recognize his need of him and rely on him for everything. Like when I preached about Abraham and Isaac, everything that you need is in the presence of God. Everything that you need. Like how Duncan has taught us, reach up, guys. Reach up into the invisible atmosphere of heaven, into the kingdom of heaven, and pull down what you need. Because he has more than enough. We serve a God of more than enough. But people of his presence realize that. They realize their weakness and their need of him and their need for dependency on him. Presence people experience a deep sense of peace and rest in his presence. They know that he's the only one that can bring true rest to their souls. You know, I'm all for if people need medication to help them find peace and rest. But I know that peace and rest can also be found in his presence. And people that spend time with him, they truly are people who are happier, kinder, more joyful, because we have the fruit of the spirit, love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And that is the transform, transformative power of his presence, that we start to look like him, and our fruit is him. And lastly, we have an impact on the world. Our lives become a testimony to the transforming power of God. Amen. And we draw others closer to God. Your life is meant to draw others closer to him and his presence. I want to invite you to stand this morning. You know, each church brings something different to the body of Christ because someone's an arm and someone's a leg and someone's an eye and someone's a nose, hair. I'm kidding. Um, but <laughs> someone, not us. <laughs> Just kidding. But I feel like catch the fire's gift to the body of Christ. What we bring is we want, we want to create a runway a pathway for people to enter into the presence of God, for them to experience the love of our heavenly father and to be transformed, to encounter his transforming presence. Right. And we're unashamedly going after that. And today I feel like there's an invitation from God that he's calling us to be a people of his presence to help him build a church of his presence, a house of his presence. Matthew 16, 18 says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. See, we're not, we're not building this church. He's building this church and we're co-laboring with him to do what he wants to do. But we're saying, yes, God, yes. And so if you want to be part of that, if you feel like you feel a tugging in your spirit that you're like, I want more of God. You know, you, we never reach the end of God ever. There's always, always more for us to discover about him. There's always more for us to reach in and experience and encounter. We go from glory to glory every day with him. And so really for all of us, if your heart is saying, yes, that is the invitation <laughs> that we all do want more of him. And so if that's you, I want to open up this front this morning and I, I want to open it up because I feel like there's people that are just hungry for a fresh touch of God. There's people that are hungry. If that's you come on forward unashamedly, if you're hungry for more of God, if you're hungry for a fresh touch and a fresh encounter where you're like, I'm done being apathetic. I'm done being complacent. I'm done with the mundane. I need God to come and shake up my life and turn me upside down. If that's you come forward, if you need healing in your body and you need a miracle, I want to invite you down here to the front too. And our ministry team as well after they've received in their cup are going to go around and we're going to pray over you that you would have a fresh impartation of the living God, because I don't want anyone to leave this room today without experiencing and encountering a touch from God. So Holy spirit, would you come?
We welcome you. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are moving in our midst, God. And I thank you that you don't give stones to your children when they ask for bread. You fill us, God. And as we stand here and we cry out to you, God, saying, we're hungry, we're desperate for more of you, God. Would you mark us and make us a people of your presence? We thank you that you honor that, God. You honor that and you fill. You fill to overflowing, not just to full, but to overflowing. So God... Come right now, Holy Spirit, come and touch us. Lord, we repent for any way that we have not prioritized your presence in our life, where we've sought after other things for our identity, for our recognition, God. We repent and we ask that you would come and take first place in our lives. Come and be at the center of it all, Jesus. In your own words, in your own heart, if you feel that to be true, just repent to him right now. Say, Jesus, I'm so sorry for any way. I have not sought after you with my whole heart. Where I put other things ahead of you. Would you forgive me, God? Thank you that you satisfy every heart. Hmm. Come and transform us, God. Come and transform from the inside out. Thank you, Jesus. And anyone that needs a physical miracle in their body, right now, we ask that you would touch them with your healing power right now, God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. Thank you for your healing. Thank you that it belongs to us. We receive your healing now in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. There are so many opportunities to grow, connect, and be encouraged. To learn more, visit ctfraleigh.com and follow us on social media. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We are so thankful for you.